If you've ever experienced digestive issues, autoimmune disease, or anything related to the gut, you're gonna wanna listen to this episode with Craig Emmerich as we're gonna discuss the anti-nutrients found in plants and how they could be wreaking havoc inside your digestive system. going out in your stool is very low and it stays pretty much constant no matter how much fat you eat. So the rest has to go in the bloodstream and from there it's either used as fuel or stored. That's pretty much it. That's the only place it can go. And there's this constant cycle of fat going in and out of the fat cells called fat flux. To lose body fat you want less fat going in than you have coming out. How do you do that? Dial the fat dial down a little bit once you're keto in the diet and more gets burned out of the fat stores. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. This week is a common theme. On the previous episode of the Keto Camp podcast, we had the ketologist himself, Chris Irvin, to talk about how to use the carnivore diet to heal your body. This episode with Craig Emmerich picks up right where we left off, and we go a little bit deeper into anti-nutrients that are found in plants and how it actually affects our guts. You know, plants could actually make our bodies worse and we're gonna discuss exactly how that does happen in the body. We're gonna talk about phytates and oxalates and the common keto foods that actually contain these compounds. We will speak about anti-nutrients, lectins being one of them. And then we'll get into carnivore, the benefits of eating red meat. And he's, uh, Craig will end the episode with a brilliant description and breakdown of biochemistry in the body, how fat loss works from a metabolism standpoint. He breaks down the macros, the alcohol, and explains how the body uses it. Now, Maria, his wife, Maria Emmerich, was on the Keto Camp podcast just a few weeks ago on episode 201. We'll link that down below. She also talked about this process called the priority principle of oxidation, and Craig goes even deeper. It was such a brilliant share. He also talks about his story and so much more, but before I bring him on, I wanna thank you so much for choosing the Keto Camp Podcast. I wanna take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcasts rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from IB Mom, titled Good Variety Keto. Ben has great guests and gives lots of varied information on keto plants, intermittent fasting, and is passionate about sharing and helping folks to achieve health. Mom, thank you so much. I am so grateful you are enjoying the varied topics and the amazing guests, and it's helping you achieve better results on your ketogenic lifestyle. Thank you for taking the time to leave that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show grow. If you have not left the show, the Keto Camp Podcast, a rating or a review as of yet, please do so on Apple Podcasts. And when you do leave that honest rating and review, take a screenshot 
and submit that screenshot. Send an email to support at ketocamp.com and we will ship you a signed copy of my fasting book. Put your shipping address in the United States only and that is our thank you for leaving that honest rating and review of the Keto Camp Podcast on Apple Podcasts. I have an exciting new online program that I just launched. It's called the Keto Camp Membership. With your Keto Camp Membership, you'll get access to over 50 videos teaching you keto, intermittent fasting, and other areas of health. You're also gonna get access to a private Facebook group, exclusive live stream Q&As with me, a monthly newsletter with some of my favorite keto biohacks, You'll get digital downloads for a keto smoothie recipe, my best-selling fasting book, my best-selling sleep book. You're going to get a grocery shopping list, my Keto Camp Blueprint, which is an aisle-by-aisle instruction for keto, how to get clean keto foods and stay away from the dirty keto foods. There's vegan meal plans for keto. There's regular meal plans for keto. And you'll get all of this, which is valued at over $2,580. You'll get all of this for guess what? one monthly payment of $5. <laughs> That's right, it's not a joke. That's the actual price of the program. $5 per month, canceling time, you can get access to the Keto Camp membership. I encourage you to go to www.startketocamp.com. Remember, camp is spelled with a K. www.startketocamp.com and get access for $5. Start burning fat, get coaching, get assistance, and I wanna see you in the Keto Camp membership. We'll put a link for this as well in the podcast notes. Can't wait to see you in there and help you burn some fat. I wanna briefly take a break here and let you know about my favorite coffee in the world. Look, I'm a coffee snob for good reasons because the right coffee source can be healing to the body, can reduce inflammation and result in weight loss. The wrong coffee beans could actually increase inflammation, cause weight loss resistance, and sabotage your keto results. There was a recent study in the Canadian Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology that showed caffeine intake from coffee beans could actually increase fatty acid production and help the participants produce more ketones. Most coffee beans are loaded with pesticides and contaminants and even molt. This is why I love my friends over at Purity Coffee. Hands down the best coffee beans I have ever tried. I have my delicious cup of Purity Coffee in the morning with some grass-fed ghee and MCT oil, and it turns my brain right on and helps my body produce ketones. Purity Coffee is organic, pesticide-free. These beans are specialty grade, and you could get this coffee shipped straight to your door in nitrogen-flushed bags, roastery fresh. Since you are a listener to the Keto Camp Podcast, we have worked out an exclusive coupon code for you to check out Purity Coffee. Head over to www.ketocampcoffee.com. Use Keto Camp at checkout to get 10% off your order. Again, that is www.ketocampcoffee.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP at checkout for 10% off your bag of coffee beans. Remember, camp is spelled with a K. Okay, let's discuss anti-nutrients and the carnivore diet with Craig Emmerich. Craig graduated in electrical engineering and has spent the last 15 plus years researching nutrition and working with thousands of clients alongside his wife, 
Maria Emmerich. Craig is an international best-selling author of The Keto, The Complete Guide, The Carnivore Cookbook. He uses his knowledge of how our bodies work to help clients heal and lose weight, leveraging their biology to make it easy. Craig Emmerich, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Ben. So I had your wonderful wife, Maria, a few weeks ago, and we had a, a great conversation. And now I am blessed, and so are the keto campers, to get the husband, Craig. So, Craig, uh, I, I love that you're here, and we're going to talk about carnivore, energy metabolism, biology. Before we get into that, I want to know your story. How did you get involved with what you're doing today? Yeah, it's an interesting story. We, you know, I have an electrical engineering degree, which it's interesting. There's a bunch of people in this uh, keto and nutrition space that are ex-engineers. So I don't know if it's kind of the way we think about things and how we think about things as a system that, you know, kind of le leads us to look at, you know, nutrition differently. But I was an electrical engineer and I met Maria a little over 20 years ago. She had all these issues with her health and PCOS and acid reflux and extra weight that she was trying to get rid of, even though she was following the, you know, guidelines of healthy whole grains and doing everything you're supposed to do and running marathons and working out more, none of it worked. And so she knew that there had to be a, a different way to, to fix this. And so she started looking, she went to school for nutrition and exercise science. And that was kind of the same stuff about food pyramid and everything. So she went off on her own and just started researching and she found low carb and keto and, and it worked and she reversed all her issues, lost the excess weight, even though she was stopped running marathons and, and doing those kind of things. And of course, everybody started asking, how do you do this? And right. so she, that's kind of how she got into this world, right? And uh, took me a little longer to come around. You know, I was, at the time, I had no health issues. So you know, that's always a big motivator is if you, you're struggling with health issues, you're trying to fix it. I had maybe 30 pounds of extra weight, but I never really had any bad health issues that I had to fix. So it took me four or five years after her to really come around. Uh, I also brewed my own beer. I got a German background. You know, so a lot of things there is baggage to hold me back, but from <laughs> converting over. But I just started noticing she would always just make meals for us during the week. I would eat whatever she made. And on the weekends, I'd kind of, we'd go out to restaurants or whatever, and I'd eat whatever I wanted. And I just noticed how crappy I felt on the weekends. <laughs> and you know, I just didn't want to feel like that anymore. So I just started eating fully keto, probably, I don't know, 16 years ago now. It's interesting because you don't realize how bad you feel until you change up the diet, change up the routine, and then you feel better, and then you go back, and you can actually compare. So you saw that during the weekdays, you were eating the meals prepared for Maria, and then two days out of the week, you were like, I don't feel so good. I feel better when I'm eating this way. So Maria, cook me more of those meals. Is that what happened? Exactly, yeah. And then what was interesting, too, is the feedback of wheat for me was – uh, and this was a hard one, again, with my background. I cut out all the wheat and all that mo almost all the time. But when I, we would go up to her parents' cabin, I would have a couple beers mm. just because, you know, we're at the cabin and whatever. And I, I was like, man, I had these terrible digestive issues when we were up there. I'm like, is it there's something in the water? Is the water up here not good? Or you know, and Mary's like, it's the beer. It's the wheat in the beer. That's And, and sure enough, that was the problem. And so that's when I kind of finally cut the cord on beer as well. Just wanted to get all the gluten out of my system because it, you know, it didn't obviously wasn't working well with my body with the reactions I was getting. And that's inter something interesting too, is you see a lot of people, your body is very adaptable. 
And so if you're constantly flooding it with gluten or inflammatory foods that your body's like, okay, I got antibodies ready. I've got, you know, I'm ready to deal with this. And so you don't notice the, you know, incremental symptoms or pain or how, how you feel when you cut it all out and then you reintroduce it, mm-hmm. boom, you get a really big reaction because your body's not like constantly, constantly dealing with the inflammation. It's finally taking a rest. And then you reintroduce it or high sugar or whatever it might be, boom, you, you feel terrible and you realize how, what it's doing to your body. And I think that's a great feedback loop for people when they go keto. Yeah, it is. For me, I could relate to that. I remember when I one of the first changes that I made was removing gluten because every time I had gluten, and I didn't realize it was in beer for a while until I did, but every time I had the gluten, I felt hungover. I felt like I had the brain fog and it took me just a step or two extra steps just to get things done. So that's something I don't make an exception about right now, the vegetable oils and also the gluten. You know, speaking of gluten and spe- speaking of what it does to the gut, you gave a fantastic presentation for the good folks over at KetoCon. Shout out to them and Robin Switzer. I watched your presentation and I was just like, wow, this is a masterclass on anti-nutrients and lectins and phytates. And uh, I was really blown away by it. So I would love, Craig, to dive deep into the plants and the anti-nutrients. What is it doing to the gut when we are consuming these plants on a daily basis? Well, thank you for that. I tried to package the whole presentation into this Let's break down plants, you know, fruits and vegetables, and break down this myth that, you know, if we look at it from a, you know, standard American diet or standard what's promoted out there in the media or whatever, fruits and vegetables are this thing that have no negatives to them and you should eat unlimited. And we, I mean, we've all been taught that growing up, right? Right. And so I wanted to kind of break that down first step in, okay, plants come with some issues. And for certain people, especially those with compromised immune function, with you know autoimmune disorders and these things, they can actually exasperate and make make those issues worse, and in some cases maybe even cause those autoimmune responses and issues. Right. And a lot of that has to do with anti nutrients that come with the plants. So you have nutrients, which are things your body wants. It, it, there's vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, and then there's macronutrients of you know fat, protein, and carbs. These are things your body can deal with that it likes that it you know processes and and does the things the body needs to do. Antinutrients are compounds the body doesn't want. So these are compounds that the body doesn't need, it doesn't want, and it has to detox. So it has to go through you know detoxification pathways to get rid of it because the body doesn't want it. And there's thousands of these compounds in plants. You know, example, cabbage has like 50 some anti-nutrient compounds in it just in cabbage that's crazy yeah and these all compounds they're really kind of natural defense systems you know if you think of from an evolutionary perspective a lot of uh you know there's the whole predator prey kind of situation with evolution where the prey has developed methods for protecting itself whether it's speed you know runs away from the predator or you know camouflage or you know different things animals have developed to protect themselves well, plants can't run away. They can't do a lot of those things. They don't have teeth to protect themselves, you know, that, those kind of things. So their protective mechanisms are coming from these compounds. They're really like natural pesticides, really, when you think about it. The plants don't want you to eat the leaves because that kills the plant. They don't want you to eat the stalk because that kills the plant. They don't want you to eat the roots. That kills the plant. 
So the plant doesn't want you to eat those parts. And so it, it's developed compounds to fend off small bugs, insects, you know, mold and, and different things that can attack the plant. It's developed over many years, these natural defenses. Well, you know, these compounds, like, for example, oxalates, they're basically these tiny crystals. Uh, they're little crystal structures that are in a lot of different things like, you know, spinach, kale, uh, all nuts and seeds. You know, a lot of these things have, have uh, oxalates in them in high amounts. And for small insects, they can actually kill the, the insect when they build, you get too much of these, right? Well, in humans, they might not kill you, but these little shards, these little you know, needles of crystal can irritate the gut. They could cause leaky gut, which you know, can lead to you know, stuff getting in the bloodstream that shouldn't be there, which triggers an autoimmune reaction and those kind of things. So these compounds really are, the body doesn't want them. And a side note on that, Kidney stones, right? Most of the time, are calcium oxalate kidney stones, and they people blame the calcium. Oh, you, you know this and that. It's really the oxalate that was the problem because oxalates latch onto calcium, magnesium minerals, and then are detoxed through the urine. Getting, they're removed from the body, and when they go out, they remove the calcium or they remove the magnesium. Which is another thing about plants is bioavailability. If you're leaching those things out of the body, your body is, isn't getting them. So there's a lot of different issues with plants that people just don't discuss in the you know mainstream media. And you know, that's a good point with the oxalates because there are a few keto-friendly foods that, that could be healthy you know, from time to time, but a lot of people do too much and that's spinach and, and almonds, right? Spinach, so almond, almond flour, almond this, almond that, almond goodies, almond fat bombs. And then somebody might end up getting a kidney stone and say, oh, keto gave me a kidney stone, but that's not really true. So my, I have a protocol in my Keto Camp Academy. I take somebody who's a pure sugar burner, you know, standard American diet, teach their body to burn fat. The first 28 days, I actually tell them to remove spinach and almonds, to remove a lot of these anti-nutrients, just so that you get this reduction in inflammation. And then you slowly introduce it and see how your body responds to it. So uh, oxalates are one of the major ones out there. What are some of the other anti-nutrients that are commonly found on a ketogenic diet? There's a lot of them. Um, you know, lectins mm-hmm. are a big problem. There's people out there that talk a lot about those. Glucosinolates. There's tons of compounds. I mean, there's there's some that people think, you know, like tannins. You know, tannins is an anti-nutrient that are in, you know, grapes or wine. That's an anti-nutrient as well. You know, there's there are, again, thousands of these compounds. And the interesting about them is some of the more noxious ones or, or uh, inflammatory ones like oxalates, we know a fair amount about them. We know that the what the toxicity levels are, and this is another thing again about plants. There's a toxicity level. You can die if you get too much of them. And there was actually one case in Spain of somebody documented case dying from oxalate toxicity. Jeez. So again, back to you know unlimited fruits and vegetables. Well, not really, especially yeah. when you start talking about doing these like green smoothies where you're putting a bunch of kale and spinach, and yeah. you get this huge dose of oxalates that could be pretty harmful. But you know, there's toxicity levels for certain ones. We, we understand them fairly well for certain ones like oxalates. There's a lot of these compounds we've never even studied. We don't even know what happens in the body, what the toxicity levels are. So it, that's the thing for me. And especially, you know, in our carnivore cookbook, we, we started out by just talking about what's your why. Because that, that's really important to understand what, how or what you're going to do with any lifestyle is, 
what's your reason for doing it? If it's just general fat loss, that's kind of a different category than somebody who's got chronic Lyme disease like I have, right. or somebody who has you know an autoimmune disorder or bipolar disease. Mm-hmm. You're going into it with a very different why, and the way you do it can be very different. And we we defined in the book a carnivore autoimmune protocol, which is basically a kind of like the ultimate elimination diet where you just go to beef and salt to start, let the body you know heal and give it a few weeks and start reintroducing different proteins and foods to see where your tolerances are. But that's a great way to eliminate all the anti-nutrients and kind of build back from there. Yeah, yeah, it's a great protocol. I love that. I love that protocol. It's interesting because you're so right, Craig. When I speak to people, like let's say somebody that I come across in the elevator in my building or on an airplane, and we were in a casual conversation, and they're asking me, you know, what I do for a living, and I, you know, I'm, I'm an educator on on health. I have some books, and they're like, oh, you know, I gotta start eating healthier. I need more more fruits and vegetables and less meat. And I'm like, oh, actually, you know, if you do the opposite, you might get some benefits. So you're, we've been taught that more fruits and vegetables are the way to go, but not necessarily true. It's such a paradigm shift. Exactly. And that's why the second part in that presentation I did, which I think is available online. It is, for, yeah. From KetoCon. We'll link it, by the way. Everybody will link it in the notes down below. Yeah. Yeah. So the second part of it was, okay, let's talk about meat. And, you know, the one of the things, if you put a plate in front of, uh, you know, most people in America or anywhere, and it's got a steak on it, and some kale and some blueberries. And you ask them, where are your vitamins and minerals? Most people are gonna say, oh, probably the kale, maybe the blueberries. Protein is just protein, right? No. When we wrote our keto book about five years ago, I started looking at, you know, some of the like 13 or 14 top vitamins and minerals for your body, and looking at across different blueberries, kale, different plant foods versus beef, mm-hmm. and the steak just blew it out of the water. And I was like. How do we not know this? <laughs> How do I not know that that steak by itself, just a steak or hamburger, is loaded with vitamins and minerals? And yet nobody ever talks about this. And it's not general knowledge. And then if you start talking about organ meats, beef liver is just off the chart. There's probably no food you can eat on the planet that's more nutrient dense than beef liver. And we try to incorporate it into our diet wherever we can, like mixing it in with hamburger a little bit. Yeah, it's like nature's multivitamin. So that's the other, the next step of it was, okay, plants have some negatives and they can be pretty serious for certain people. And guess what? You're getting all your vitamins and minerals from the steak anyway. So Mm -hmm. shift your focus and your, your thought process in that way. Yeah, so true. And you know, part of the reason why meat, for example, beef has so much vitamins and minerals and organ meat is because these animals are, they have the stomach, the digestive system to eat these plants, right? They could break it down and all the vitamins and all the minerals that are found in these plants can be broken up by their digestive system, stored in their fat. We eat them, we eat their fat, and then we get those vitamins and minerals, making it superior because you get all the benefits of these vitamins and minerals, but no anti-nutrients. So that is something that a lot of people don't know, and it's not being taught in school. Yeah, the the, the cow is taking care of all that stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting rid of all those anti-nutrients, and we're just left with the good stuff. And and again, you know, most of it is in the protein itself. There's a little bit in the fat, a little vitamin E and stuff, but all those nutrients are in the protein. And the other interesting point about it is they are the most bioavailable forms. And so if you look at uh, we'll go back to oxalates, right? Spinach, really high in calcium. Well, that's great, but what if none of it gets into my body? 
right? What if all the oxalates latch onto the calcium and leach it and I don't get any of it? So who cares if it's high in calcium? Well, there was a study done uh, looking at oysters, which are a real good source of zinc. And they looked at blood plasma so that they looked at the blood and how much zinc was actually getting into the bloodstream after you eat them. And so they ate just oysters by themselves and there's a big increase in zinc in the blood. Then you, they did it with oysters eaten with black beans. And guess what? A third of the zinc got into the bloodstream. And then they ate the oysters with corn tortilla chips. No zinc got into the blood. There was wow. zero increase in blood plasma of zinc. So again, if these plants are supposedly so high in vitamins and minerals, and yet they have anti-nutrients that are leaching you of those vitamins and minerals, kind of what's the point? Uh, the, the animal proteins by themselves are going to give you a big dose, and it's going to be a bioavailable dose that you actually absorb. Yeah, it's, it's superior. I mean, it's hands down, you know, but it's that paradigm shift. You know, how could it be that healthy? But when you start digging into the research, you see that it's clear. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN. B-E-N and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So let's get into, you know, biology, right? Like how does the body actually work when it comes to processing these meats? We've been told for many, many years that red meat causes cancer, causes colon cancer. Red meat's not good for heart disease. You know, cholesterol is bad. Let's let's break this down from a biology standpoint. And where do you, what is your view on this whole process here? Um, well, as far as like red meats and all that, yeah, first of all, there was a meant. huge meta-analysis that was done not to, I think it was last year, probably one of the biggest ones that looked at all the available information out there on red meat and colon cancer and different cancers. And they basically found there's no to very marginal correlation or relationship there. And the reason is because all these studies that look at this, these are observational studies. There's never been an RCT, a randomized controlled trial, which is your best kind of trial where you take uh, people, randomize them and all that done on this because it's very hard to do. You can't lock somebody up for five years to see if they develop cancer, right? 
and feed, you know, feed them in a lab like that. So what they do is they, they do observational studies, which what do they do in an observational study? They give you a food frequency questionnaire. It's a uh, form that has all these different foods listed. And it says, in the last year, or sometimes in the last two years, how often did you eat this food? And how often did you eat this food? And so the accuracy of this, number one, is not great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who can remember how often you ate over the past year certain food, right? It's very rare for anybody to remember that. Yeah. And then on top of it, if you say, I ate beef, hamburger, three times a week or four times a week. So you're on the higher side, maybe for this study. And guess what? You had issues. Well, was it the burger that caused those issues or was it the bun or the French fries or the milkshake that you ate with the burger? I mean, if you're going to McDonald's every day and you're eating meat five times a week, you're on the frequency questionnaire, you're going to say five times a week. Right. But guess what? You was all this other crap you're eating with it that was causing the problem, right? And so, and then on top of that, any scientist with any, you know, credibility in that type of study, an observational epidemiology study, they're not going to consider it even worth looking into causation unless the correlation is at least 200%, maybe 300% correlation. Most of these studies, if you look at them, and they get into the media for whatever reasons and agendas, 20% increase in colon cancer if you eat red meat. It's like, okay, and that type of study, 20% isn't even worth considering, and yet it gets you know, broadcast as facts. Yep. Uh, you know, Chris Kresser has tons of great information on this too, that he's got a huge article that he wrote on you know, the case for eating red meat and, and breaking down the, all these studies. But yeah, from that aspect of red meat and cancer and all that, I think there's little, if, if any, evidence. And when you look at all the health benefits coming from eating it, you know, lowering your BMI, you know, improving your metabolic function. I don't think there's any truth to them at all. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, and it also depends on the quality of the animal, right? So when we, when Craig and I talk about the meats and the, in the animals, we talk about sustainably sourced, you know, healthy animals, not the cage, not the feedlots. I shared with uh, your wife, Maria, when I interviewed her that I did a 40-day strict carnivore experience in the middle of the summer this past, this year, 2020. And I, did a whole bunch of lab work on day one, a full panel. I looked at inflammatory markers, thyroid, of course, insulin, A1C. Uh, and then I did 40 days strict of a well-formulated well carnivore diet with you know, supplementation of collagen and organ meats. I was making sure I was balancing out the amino acids of um, methionine and glycine. And then I did the same test on day 40 when I was kind of weaning off the carnivore diet. So I saw amazing improvement in my inflammatory markers. For example, C-reactive protein, which a lot of doctors assess as your risk for a cardiovascular event. My C-reactive protein was 1.1 on day one, which is pretty good. But then after 40 days of just eating nothing but animal fat and protein, I cut it in more than half. It went down to 0.5, which flies in the face of this conventional wisdom that, you know, animal fats are Meat is inflammatory. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you, you just got to do it yourself. And if you test and do it the right way, you can see how beneficial it is. So I thought that you would think that would be super cool, Craig. That is very cool. You know, and again, you know, try it out. Give it a try. You know, again, it's a little bit about what's your why. Like, if you don't have autoimmune issues or Lyme disease like I have, you can play with carnivore for a while and go back to keto, you know, and kind of go back. Maria kind of goes back and forth as she feels like it, whatever her preference is. 
But I yeah. think it's a shift of mentality in general about what is my focus on my plate? What are the things I want to focus on? It's the animal proteins because tons of vitamins and minerals. You're getting your protein to maintain lean mass. You're getting the best quality fats you can get pretty much from food. And the other stuff is you know color, texture, variety, all of that kind of stuff. But focus on the protein because that's going to be your, your best part of the plate. Absolutely. I, I believe more protein is usually better, especially for those who are doing keto. So Craig, let's transition into energy metabolism. A lot of people come to keto or carnivore and they're looking for fat loss or looking for fat loss. How does fat loss work from a metabolism standpoint? Yeah, this is a interesting topic. It's something I'm kind of passionate about, especially more recently in this keto community. You know, Maria and I have been doing this for for her in over 20 years. And we've played with a lot of things and we've had many, many clients over the years that we've been able to try different things and learn a lot of things from, as well as all the research we do into biology and how the body works. And it's clear in the last few years, there's been some misinformation in the keto community, especially related to energy metabolism. And that's where uh, we want to make sure it's clear about really how the body works. And, you know, a lot of the individual differences from person to person. If you think of macronutrients like protein, fat, and carbs, I don't care who you are, unless you've got a genetic defect, like some people, fructose, where they can't process fructose or you know these metabolic defects, you largely process protein, fat, and carbs the same. All of us do. And so understanding how the body processes those macronutrients can really help you understand how to leverage that and lose weight. So there's something called oxidative priority. And this is, uh, I, I like to think of it as like a car and you have uh, the fuel lines are like your blood vessels and you don't want to run the engine too rich. You don't want to get too much gas to the engine because it can blow up, right? So the body's kind of the same. It does not like having any fuel in the bloodstream too high. Right now at a rest, you know, we're not working out, we're sitting here. There's about 30 calories of fuel in your entire blood volume. That's glucose. Free fatty acids, ketones. Hopefully, we don't have alcohol in our system right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. You know, any fuel. <laughs> uh, any those are the fuels that can be in the blood. All those fuels combined are about thirty calories at any given moment, and at rest, that's not a lot. And when you eat a meal, you've got hundreds of calories flooding the bloodstream, and so the body has to prioritize because guess what? Too much glucose in your blood can kill you. Too much ketones in your blood can kill you. Too much free fatty acid in your blood can kill you. Too much alcohol in your blood can kill you. So all these things, the body likes to keep it in a tight range. And it makes a lot of sense how the body does this because it's basically in reverse or order of storage. The last thing it stores or the last priority is fat because guess what? We have a huge fat storage. There's people that have millions of calories of stored body fat on their body. You know, it's almost it, theoretically almost unlimited. And it's really easy for the body to store fat. You come up the chain, I'm kind of doing it in reverse order, but uh, skip back to uh, alcohol. Alcohol is number one priority because you can't store it. There's no place to store alcohol. So the body has to burn off all the alcohol before it can move on to dealing with other fuels. So what does it do with the other fuels as they're flooding the bloodstream and while it's dealing with this elevated alcohol? Storing them. So carbs get stored away, the fat gets stored away. Protein's a little different because 
proteins are amino acids the body preferentially wants to use to build muscle and build and repair tissues. You know, autophagy, a lot of people get real deep into autophagy with fasting and all that. There's a lot of things that trigger autophagy. You know, strength training triggers autophagy probably just as much as extended fasting. And the Nobel Prize winner for autophagy, he surmised that the rates of autophagy that are always happening in the body, we have all new cells in about three months. <laughs> so this is always going on. And guess what you need to do that? Amino acids. You need a constant source of protein to build. So the body doesn't want to turn protein into a fuel. It wants to use it to build and repair tissues. So you kind of ignore that as a fuel when it comes to this. So then it's alcohol first, exogenous ketones next, if you're taking exogenous ketones. The next priority would be carbohydrates. And then protein is, you know, again, more used as a building block. And then fat. And so if you are cutting out alcohol and you don't take any exogenous ketones and you keep your carbs to a minimum and you get just enough protein to build lean mass, now you're down to fat is the only variable, right? And so fat, you just adjust based on the goals. If you want to lose more body fat, lower the dietary fat a bit and allow your body to use its own fat for fuel. You know, the body really doesn't care whether it uses dietary fat or your own body fat. They're very similar in their makeup and it'll use either of them as fuel. It, it doesn't really care. So if you have more coming in the diet, that means less burned off your own storage and so less fat loss. If you think of it in that way and those building, those, those blocks, it, it makes a lot of sense why number one, keto works because you cut down all the carbs and the other fuels and now you just deal with fat. But also it can show why some of these things that are promoted in keto aren't the best thing to do if fat loss is your goal, like bulletproof coffee and consuming four or 500 calories of liquid fat. Guess what? That's fat that your body is not going to burn off your own fat storage. You're displacing it. Some people think that, you know, maybe it just goes through you. There's a study and I can give you a link if you like there yeah. that looked at anywhere. They said that went from 80 grams of dietary fat all the way to 160 grams of dietary fat. And the fecal output of fat stayed constant. And hmm. it was always less than 10 grams. So the fat going out in your stool is very low and it stays pretty much constant no matter how much fat you eat. So the rest has to go in the bloodstream. And from there, it's either used as fuel or stored. That's pretty much it. That's the only place it can go. And there's this constant cycle of fat going in and out of the fat cells called fat flux. To lose body fat, you want less fat going in than you have coming out. How do you do that? Dial the fat dial down a little bit once you're keto in the diet and more gets burned out of the fat stores. So it makes it really kind of simple to understand when you look at it that way. Yeah, Craig, brilliantly said, you know, you broke that down so well. I imagine a lot of people watching or listening right now are having such aha moments because I always say this, I say, death taxes and a weight loss plateau are the three things guaranteed in life. <laughs> So a, a lot of people are probably listening right now and they have hit a plateau or they might be hitting a plateau in the future and they're, they're going to come back to this conversation and they're going to think, okay, am I taking exogenous ketones? Well, my body needs to burn that before my body fat and then they'll get rid of the exogenous ketones, which by the way, I don't recommend exogenous ketones at all except for like specific situations. And then, yeah, are you having... Seizures. 
Yeah, seizures, but also like a, like a, like a brain hack, a brain performance, right? Like if you want to just get some ketones in there, but not as something to do on a daily basis. And then, yeah, if you're having your, your bulletproof coffee, look, I love putting some fat in my coffee. For me, it works wonders, right? But I'm not hitting a weight loss plateau. I, I don't mind having to burn those extra calories before my body fat. But if somebody else has all this body fat, then it's a good idea to just eliminate all that together and let your body just tap into its fat store. So you, that was a brilliant way to break it down, Craig. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, and again, what's your why? You know, you, you're obviously not in a weight loss mode. And so maybe that works fine for you. But if somebody is in a weight loss mode, it becomes important to, you know, play with those and adjust those, that fat dial based on your goals. That's right. Reasons come before results. I love that you get your, your audience clear on their why. When the why is strong, the how becomes easier. So what are some things that you and Maria have planned for 2021? What are some pro cool projects you're going to be creating in 2021? Oh, man. I'm really excited for this coming year. Um, well, first of all, we just launched a uh, new book called The Art of Fat Loss. So this is just another tool oh. you know, put out there. It's a protein-sparing modified fast cookbook. So just based off of what we just talked about, there's a tool called Protein Sparing Modified Fast, which is little to no carbs, getting just enough protein for your lean mass, and then dialing the fat dial way down to like 30 grams a day. And you just do this for you know, one, two, maybe up to three days in a week, just kind of as a to kick off. It's, it's really great for breaking stalls. So we came out with that book about a month ago, and it's got some amazing if you think about it it's like how do you make recipes with those kind of macros work maria is a wizard it's it's yeah. unbelievable she's got she's got malto meal in there she's got a pudding wow. she's got i mean just some awesome recipes uh and and keeping the crazy kind of macros that really kick up fat loss but otherwise uh, you know we've got some things coming on there was a health event hosted by kroger and jewel and Maria did uh, just did a recording for that. I think it's coming up in about a week. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Perfect. And I can't say too much about it, but I don't know if you saw Maria's joint cooking with uh, Holly Berry that she did. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Let's just say there's more to come. <laughs> so oh, we're pretty so excited cool. about that in this next year. So, yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah, that is that is very exciting. It's going to be a great year, and uh, everybody's going to benefit from that. Not just you know, it's not just you who are benefiting from that. It's actually the world because you put out this great content. I have a, a quick question about the protein sparing diet. So you said one to two, or sometimes three times a week. You um, go low carb. So how many carbs are you having on those days? Uh, usually less than ten total carbs. So less than ten grams total carbs. You're eating enough protein to support your lean muscle mass. So how much is that? Depending on the person and like in the book, I think our meal plans are around 90, 100, 110 grams of protein, somewhere in there. Okay. And then you're having enough, how much fat are you having? Uh, 30 grams is the, the limit, if you will. Got it. So that's the upper limit, meaning you could go less than that. Yeah. So it's, it's very lean, you know, kind of proteins for that day. People are surprised that, you know, like she has a breakfast smoothie and it's made with egg whites. And people always ask, is this one serving? Because it's 10 egg whites. Mm -hmm. Like I can't eat 10. Well, 
but it's just the whites. And guess what? It's only 200 and some calories, but people are like, it's so filling. I can't believe how full I am, right? And so you end up with a kind of a lower calorie day too. You know, it's probably about 700, 800 calories, but people are surprised how full they stay. And this is again, kind of taking keto even further to the whole hormones and satiety signaling with this method is because people can't believe that how they stay full eating that little of total calories. But we also say, you know, do it just a couple of days a week because number one, it is, you know, pretty low in fat. The, the fat, we say 30 grams because you need fat to absorb fat soluble vitamins. You need fat to produce, you know, healthy hormones. And so you don't want to kind of do that long term all the time. So you just, it's a tool you just add a few days a week. Yeah, and you know what? If if you have a lot of excess body fat, that's something you could probably do more consistently than somebody who has less body fat. So I love that; it's a great approach. That's a very good point. Uh, you know, if you're lean and you want to get even leaner, protein sparing days could be helpful, but they're going to be hard for you to do. The the more body excess body fat you have, the easier it is will to do this because you have this fuel to tap into in your fat stores, and so your body's still happy with that. When you get leaner, protein sparing becomes even harder. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Craig, where is the best place to check out more of your work? Our blog has tons of free information and recipes. It's mariamindbodyhealth.com. And then we have a, a site that has all of our ebooks and we have support memberships and packages there called keto-adapted.com. And then, of course, so- on social media, it's either Craig Emmerich or Maria Emmerich, typically. We'll put all that down below. Uh, you got to go check out more of Craig's work. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, you and, and Maria are just uh, doing great work in this world. You're getting out information out there and you're empowering people to understand how amazing their bodies are. So I think we inspired a lot of people to eat less plants and more animal fat and protein. You did a really good job. So Craig, I, I want to acknowledge you for the work you're putting out there. I'm excited to see what 2021 brings you and what you bring to the world. And I appreciate the conversation today. So thank you so much, Craig. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Well, I really hope you enjoyed Craig. I recommend you go listen to the episode with his wife, Maria Emmerich, episode 201. We'll link it down below. We'll also put all of Craig's books and resources and social media and everything we spoke about can be found in the notes of this podcast, including the KetoCon presentation, their cookbooks, and just everything mentioned could be found down below. I do have, by the way, a 30-day protocol for the carnivore diet, and I, I teach four levels on how to do the carnivore diet. And you could learn that along with all my four pillars that I teach and health coaching from me in the Keto Camp Academy. Now, the Keto Camp Academy is separate from the Keto Camp membership. The Keto Camp Academy gives you health coaching with me along with that carnivore pillar. And you could get access to that today by heading to www.ketocampacademy.com. And there is a 14-day trial for you to check out the academy check out the carnivore pillar. I explain the best supplements, what to do if you don't feel well, the importance of balancing out your amino acids, methionine, and glycine. And you also get two group coaching calls with me and a 15-minute one-on-one with me as well in the Keto Camp Academy. So head to ketocampacademy.com for a free 14-day trial to see the world's greatest online health coaching program in action. 
Well, thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. If you found this to be valuable, please take a second to leave a rating and review of the Keto Camp Podcast on Apple Podcasts and text this episode to a friend, share it on social media. Let's get the message out there. Let's change the world. And you'll hear me on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.